It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six of the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Tuesday. Hey, Jim. Jim's out there. I keep thinking it's Wednesday for some reason. I know it's not Wednesday, but I keep thinking it's Wednesday. Then reminding myself it's only a Tuesday here. All right, so I would love to say, and I usually do, there's a lot to cover this morning. But the, the news for a while now has all been on Israel. So when I went looking for what to talk about today, here's the problem. If you turn on any of the former news networks like Fox and CNN and MSNBC, which are now just a bunch of talking heads that they claim are experts, which are vast majority of the time not, this is all they've been talking about for a long time. And when I go surfing through, you wouldn't believe the number of news sites that I surf through every single day. Many of them you've never heard of. But most of them are good news sites, and they really didn't have anything. Even local Wyoming sites, I thought, really? This is what we have. There's nothing that actually passes for news today. Well, okay, that's fine. I got you covered here. I know that the the coverage of Israel has been overwhelming. So I noticed something yesterday, and it got me sort of on a kick of just something else to talk about. We're going to do this throughout the morning. But first, trigger warning. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So yesterday I came across a story, and it was out of uh, Cowboy State Daily. And it showed that there was a gentleman who took a picture of a geyser in Yellowstone National Park. That was, boy, it was a doozy. Man, this eruption. It was not Old Faithful. It's a different one. And when it erupted, wow, did it erupt. I mean, it was just huge. This guy's got video of it. Now, for the record, just so you know how I think of things, no, he did not film it. He has video of it. He took it off his phone. He did not film it. No, he does not have videotape. I hear this all the time from people. I know I'm being picky with words. People will hold up their phones and say, I filmed it. I have the videotape right here. You're holding up a digital device. There's no film. There's no videotape. It does things digitally. If you can show me where you insert the film or videotape, hey, okay, I'll, I'll change my mind about it. But so far, no one's ever been able to do that. I point to the phone. Show me where you insert film. Uh, well, uh, to show me where you insert a videotape. <clears throat> well, I don't, okay, so what? you recorded it, right? All right, anyway, this geyser shoots just way high. An amazing amount of water coming out of that. And I'd mentioned this on the air yesterday. So this morning I took a little bit more of a look into it. This steam went about 400 feet up in the sky. 
Wow. That's just huge. And I thought, hold on. I seem to remember reading just like a year or so ago. And I looked it up from several sources. Here's one from the website Live Science. Yellowstone's geyser at risk of extinction from climate change. Yeah, In a warmer and drier climate, groundwater that fuels Yellowstone's tallest active geyser could dwindle, resulting in less frequent eruptions and even extinction. Then from The Guardian, a recent study revealed that rising temperatures and reduced snowfall and increased rain and a threat of threat of shutting off Old Faithful completely by the end of the century. Now, this reminded me, we had uh, Glacier National Park a few years ago. They quietly took some signs away. Glacier National Park was supposed to be glacier-free by 2020. If you went walking through Glacier National Park, you would see signs up. That said, Glacier National Park was going to be glacier-free by 2020 because of climate change. When 2020 rolled around, the glaciers were still there. So the signs just quietly disappeared. Now, it is true over a very long period of time, the glacier is smaller. But that typically happens as the planet goes through cycles of warming and cooling. From ice ages to Times when the planet doesn't even have any polarized caps, back and forth it goes. But you can see that prediction was not true either. So I continued looking into this, and it was really easy to find, once again, weather trends that are out there. Now, we had this past, last winter, a really wet winter. I remember when all of this started uh, with the drought that we went through, we were going, we, we talked about this before, La Nina, El Nino, you know, all of that. And we started, uh, I started talking with you about trends and even citing people like our own Don Day of Day Weather, but many others, meteorologists and climatologists, about different weather trends and how they happen. Wet seasons, dry seasons, right? During the course of my life, even when I lived on the East Coast or when I lived out here in Wyoming, we went through these different trends back and forth, right? So, yeah, I've been through, since I've lived in Wyoming, a couple of droughts, but also a couple of really wet years. So I knew that, yeah, we're going through a drought period, and sure, that means that the geysers in Yellowstone are getting kind of low on water, so they don't spout as much as they would have just a few years in the past. But that drought's going to come to an end, which it did. There were reservoirs out there that we were told by the so-called experts Well, these reservoirs are going to be out of water by such and such a date. Yeah, but you're not looking at the fact that the trend is going to end. And we're going to go back to a wet season. And sure enough, in one winter, reservoirs all over, full again. One winter. And so now here's this guy at Old Faithful. Well, I'm sorry, Yellowstone. He wasn't at Old Faithful. He was at a different geyser. And boy, he records just a doozy. I mean, 400 feet up it goes. Just, wow, look at all that water shooting out. Now, the predictions were, and here again, New York Times, Live Science, all sorts of other different news organizations reported, oh, soon we're not going to have any old faithful anymore. Yellowstone won't have any geysers anywhere. Well, again, back and forth, right? Cyclical. Now, to be fair about this, 
Glacier National Park didn't always have a glacier. At one time, there was absolutely no glacier there. But then an ice age came. And as that ice age faded away, and it's still fading away to this day, we still have the remnants of the last ice age on Earth right now. And so, yeah, because of that, someday Glacier National Park won't have a glacier. It's not going to be because of us. That glacier was not over, not always there. And someday it's going to be gone. Yellowstone, the geysers of Yellowstone, were not always there. I know that's a shock to some people, but they were not always there. And someday they're going to be gone. They're just not going to exist. And this whole area is going to look completely different. Big shocker to some people. So what I decided to do, and I'm not going to just focus on the climate change aspect today, because I know I, I do that a lot, I understand. But I decided to look at some other things as well. And I just started going through all sorts of different predictions that were made that you were told to pay attention to because these are horrible predictions and it's all your fault. And these predictions just never came true. And even before there was such a thing as television, there were all sorts of experts that newspapers used to drag out to make wild predictions, huge headlines, and none of it ever came true. So that's part of what I have lined up for you today. I-80 John in Granite Canyon, Morning Glen, war and a mess in Congress, same news, different day. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Still don't have a Speaker of the House, by the way. They're still working on that. And because the Congress can't act because the House of Representatives doesn't have a speaker, we were supposed to be in, well, just dire straits. Things are not getting done. How will we survive? I think I think we're doing fine here. Here's Jim. Old Faithful is old. As I get older, I seem to have less frequent eruptions. That's true. Although, Jim, you do get up in the middle of the night to go pee more often. 616, wake up my... Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Six twenty three is the time. Let's wake up Wyoming. Simple man, Jim Casper. With a disturbing part of the geyser story from Yellowstone. Okay, so here's the secret with Yellowstone, he says. What they did was they took all the urinals and all of the toilets throughout the park and pumped it into the ground underneath every single geyser. I'd never thought about that before. Such a clever idea. Uh, so that way they can be back on uh, car on par with shooting off like, like you're supposed to. Also, no one will really know the difference because... It already smells funny up there. Does it smell funny because of what's in the water? Or does it smell funny because of the tourists? I mean, let's face it. People who come from California and New York are going to smell funny. And then growing up there, I can tell you for sure, a lot of old people from Florida already smell funny. So maybe it's not the park that smells funny. Maybe it's the tourists. I'm just going on the limb there. Okay, so I went digging into the past because I love stuff like this. How many predictions didn't come true? Whatever the prediction might be. To me, this puts in perspective so much of what we hear in the media today. 
so much will we hear from our politicians as well. So many things that you're told that you're supposed to believe that are factually true that aren't. So, 1903, the president of Michigan Savings Bank warned Henry Ford's lawyer about the money they were investing in the automobile. He said, the horse is here to stay, but the automobile is only a novelty, a fad. If you've ever been stuck trying to get out of a park uh, parking lot after a sporting event, you probably wish this guy was right, says the story, but okay. So he was absolutely wrong about that. I don't invest your money, put all your money in this automobile thing, passing fad. And... 1904, New York Times. Uh, You know, New York Times is a really credible newspaper, right? Reported on a debate in Paris between a brain specialist and a physician about the dangers of driving automobiles at high speeds because the brain can't keep up. He said it remains to be proved how fast the brain is capable of traveling, read the article. If you cannot acquire an eight mile per second speed, well, then an auto running at the rate of 80 miles per hour is running without guidance of the brain. And there may be many distractions. So, well, now some of that's true. There's too many distractions today. Put your damn cell phone down and drive, for God's sakes. But other than that, yeah, in Wyoming, we're doing 80 miles an hour all the time. But they were convinced, and see, the New York Times back then went and talked to some, we'll put it in air quotes, experts about the coming automobile fad. And their conclusion was, people won't be able to drive these things. Your brain doesn't work that fast. You're not going to be able to react to this. There's too much going on anyway. It's information overload. There's absolutely no way you can do all of this. So, no, the automobile, that's, that's never going to work. Okay, well, once again, that was New York Times putting the story out there. And you know we need to trust the New York Times when it comes to well, so much important information that we get. We have to trust the New York Times and their so-called experts. And I wonder, I guess not a lot of people, how many people back then read that article and decided that the New York Times was right about the automobile Because they had consulted with experts at the time. And experts said, therefore, it must be true. Which brings me back to one of the many reasons I never really believe much of what comes out in the newspaper, news media anyway. And I know, I'm glad to see, although I think people still rely on it too much, how little faith people have in news media these days and in politicians these days. And yet... Even though this is why I don't trust polls too much. Even though polls continue to show that people are losing faith, there's very little faith is in news media and politicians. Still, people rely on them. How much? Yeah. Well, hang on. I got more of these predictions here. I mean, I got a whole bunch of them that I'm going to go through these mornings. The reason why is... Yesterday, well, past few days, I keep walking by televisions and the news is on what's supposed to be news. And all sorts of experts have been flapping their gums nonstop for quite a few over a week. Well, now I'm saying just about a week now since since uh, 
Hamas attacked Israel. And all the experts are telling us what's going to happen. And my thought is, and none of you know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen until after it happens. That's the way the world works. Sorry about that. All right, hang on. Roll into some local news. And right after that, update on your weather forecast. Then you and I will get back into it again. Like I said, I got a bunch more of these. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, a phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods. Make your voice heard at eight 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 ninety seven Woods. This is AM ten thirty K two Radio. Thirty-six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So since the news is just, you know, the same old rot right now, because news organizations have never really, for the most part, known how to cover news. I mean, there are a few out there, but most of them don't. So I started going through some of their just failed predictions over the years. This one I thought was hysterical. Thomas Edison invented the light bulb, right? But he couldn't be right all the time. In an interview with Miami Metropolis, it was a newspaper back in 1911, he went all in on America's booming steel industry, predicting the baby of the 21st century will be rocketed into a, uh, rocked, sorry, in a steel cradle. His father will sit on a steel chair at a steel dining room table. And his mother's boudoir will be equipped with steel furnishings covered by cunning varnishes to make it look like rosewood or mahogany or something else like that. But everything pretty much would just be made out of steel. <clears throat> and, and of course, the newspapers said, well, you know, Edison says, so we'll go ahead and publish that, I guess. They're looking for some kind of a content to fill the newspaper. But no, everything is not made of steel. The record music a recorded music of the time we're going way back 1906 will destroy all musical ability well i guess when you listen to what's on today's radios maybe all musical ability has been destroyed but okay let's take a look at this 1906 composer john philip Sousa warned about the menace of mechanical music in an article attacking machines that brought symphonies into people's homes. He bemoaned the fact that fewer and fewer cheap lutes were being purchased, all because of the automatic music devices that are popping up all over the place. So music can be heard in homes without any labor whatsoever. So in other words, he lived back in a time, and this we can say is mildly true. He lived back in a time when home entertainment was well reading for one thing and people had musical instruments that they would learn that was actually a common thing where people to sit around and play music at home in the evening because what television right and okay because of the ability just to turn on something that would make music or play music well then fewer and fewer people were learning how to make or play music themselves so to an extent, he's correct, and I say to an extent, he's even correct. When I 
walk by, there's a, a television downstairs in this building that plays different radio stations that are heard in Town Square, Wyoming. One of them is a pop music station. And when I walk by, I listen to all of the music that they're playing that's been sampled from previous music. And I'm thinking, there's no musicians here, are there? To an extent, he was right. Now, this one I love. Electricity is just a fad. See, this is like the automobile. So said Jonas, I think is how you pronounce his name, Morgan, son of J.P. Morgan. And hired by Thomas Edison to wire up the mansion, making it the first private residence in New York to have electric lighting. Lucky for his bank account, J.P. Morgan didn't listen to dad and invested heavily in Edison, eventually financing General Electric. Okay, so now I'm also going to cook because they have five moments in history that never happened. But, I mean, yeah, for people to take a look at way back then, the automobile is just a fad. Electricity is just a fad. And here again, different news organizations would grab this and report it as if, well, this is what some expert is predicting. And, of course, turned out not to be true at all. Now, to this day, we still get the same kind of reporting because this is where I, for those just joining me, I got really frustrated this morning and yesterday and the day before and the day before that. Every time I went looking through news to find out what was happening in the world, everybody's doing the same thing. Let's drag out so-called experts to try to predict what's going to happen in the Middle East with Israel and Hamas. And that's all they've been doing for about a week now. Let's have experts predict what's going to happen with the economy. That doesn't come true. With electric cars, it doesn't come true. With the climate, that doesn't come true. On and on it goes. And repeatedly, these experts have no idea what they're talking about. So what I'm doing here is just going through a list of pass-filled predictions. And I'm just getting started in this. Now, what's up next, speaking of predictions, a guy who's smart enough to only predict a few days out. He's a weatherman. Yeah, Don Day, who doesn't predict way out in advance, like 50 years from now. He's afraid to tell you what's going to happen three days from now. Let's wake up Wyoming. It is happening in Wyoming. It's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six forty-eight is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Frank, I got something really unusual and extra special for you today. Is it anything unusual or extra special from any other day? Uh much different. Okay, you, you have never experienced this before. Right. So uh, down the hallway, working for me here upstairs, mm-hmm. is Ian. Who, by the way, I'm still mad at because Hurricane Ian destroyed my hometown. Yeah. It wasn't his fault, though. I I, I know, but I still, you know, it's close enough. I still blame him. So he, over the weekend, brought his son into the studio. Okay. His kid wanted to hang out with Dad while Dad was working. Yeah. Dad decided to turn on the microphone and interview the kid. Oh. Here we go. So today, we're talking about werewolves. What do you know about werewolves, Silas? Uh, because they have sharper teeth and... They're pretty big, and they're strong, and they're furry. They're furry. Um, Are you afraid of werewolves, Silas? No. Do you think you could take one down? Yes. What about vampires? How do you feel about vampires? Nothing. 
Nothing? Vampires don't scare you? No. Even their sharp teeth? No. Okay. What are you afraid of, Silas? Nothing. Nothing at all? Yes. Okay. So, what brings you to the radio station today? Uh, for, for good and happy stuff. That's why you came here today? Yeah. Oh, cool. What's your favorite part about being here? Working with you. Oh, hanging out with Dad. Isn't that nice over there? So I think that was a pretty damn good interview. Well, you know, you know, young people, they're not afraid of anything. No, not at all whatsoever. You I know, mean, personally. They, they, think, they literally think they're invincible. When it comes to, like, if there were a werewolf out in the parking lot or in the building somewhere, Frank, um, you know, you're on your own. Yeah. I, I, now wait till that kid actually sees a real werewolf. Oh yeah. And be like, then all of a sudden, Dad, help. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be exactly the same thing. And when the kid at this age turns and says, "I'm not afraid of anything whatsoever," then well, I think that's part of the problem we have at Yellowstone when tourists show up and they see a big fluffy cow. They should be afraid of it, but like the werewolf, they're not because they've never experienced it in person. I think I think part of this all now with with the buffalo and the bison, yeah, it's their fault. Why don't you you know make some noise and sure. be meaner and oh, not just stand or, and not just and stand not around, just stand around, you know, well, and, maybe, unless you're in like one of those roundup things that like yeah. they have like in the well, is it Custer, South Dakota, maybe or something Frank, like that? They're trying to sucker them in. No, no, no okay. you know, if you don't want anybody to bother you, tell them. Well, I mean, Cowboy football team has this week off, and the bye week seems to come at a good time following a 34-27 loss to the Air Force on Saturday in Colorado Springs. For two games in a row, the UW offenses look great in the first half and not so great in the second half. Folks managed just one touchdown in the second half of the Air Force game, plus kicker John Hoyland, who is normally money, missed a second-half field goal. He also missed one in the first half and had an extra point block. The Air Force offense just grinded out long drives with their option running attack, and they ran the ball for 356 yards on 53 carries. Last Falcon touchdown in the fourth quarter was a backbreaker as John Lee Eldridge went 58 yards for a score with just over two minutes to go. It's hard to contain those guys the in, in, in a, the entire game. So, the week off for the Pokes and the they're five and two overall, and two and one in Mountain West play. They have a big road game at Boise State a week from Saturday. College basketball: The Wyoming Cowgirls were picked to finish third in the preseason Mountain West Conference poll, and Douglas State of Allison Ferdy was named a preseason All-Conference pick. She averaged 15 points and eight rebounds a game last season. Cowgirls won 23 and 11. On the other side of the scales, the Wyoming Cowboys. They were picked 11th out of 12 teams in the preseason poll. A ton of players left the program through the portal, and the folks were nine and 22 last season. Junior college volleyball ultra. From Cheyenne, rated 17th in the country this week and 26 and 4 overall, with a 3 0 win over Gillette College their last time out. The Golden Eagles have won 10 in a row and will be at Northwest DePaul on Friday. The Casper College volleyball team has won 12 of 13, with a 3 2 win over Central Wyoming their last time out. The T Birds are 21 and 10 and will take on Western Wyoming on Thursday. Wyoming Cowgirl volleyball team, 3 and 5 in Mountain West play, 14 and 5 overall after a road loss to New Mexico last week and a road win over the Air Force. Cowgirls will host Nevada on Thursday and be at Fresno State on Saturday. In the Major League Baseball playoffs, Texas has the two games to none lead over Houston in the American League Championship Series with a 5-4 win yesterday. The Rangers winning both of those games on the road. Philadelphia over Arizona last night, 5-3 in Game 1 of the National League Championship Series. And Game 2 will be this evening in Philly. That's it in sports. Okay, so um, I just came across some old television show. This is a U.K. Uh, space television show. Um, and... Space 1999. Oh, okay. When you look at those old television shows, I notice that we're not dressing that way 
No. Anywhere. And, and cars aren't flying. No, there's nothing like that. You know. And by the way... However, yeah. you can talk to somebody on your watch. You can. Yes, you can. And doors do open automatically, automatically for yes. you there. And our computers are beginning to talk back to us. Yes. And so we're not that far not away. Not that far off. It's just... I thought we would be wearing different style clothes by now. It doesn't need to be metallic. But I'm, yeah, I'm so glad the hairstyles have changed. Because you remember those shows way back then, the hairstyles were still these big beehive things the mm-hmm. women had. Yeah. And men had the sideburns and all that kind of stuff. Going. Oh, yeah, yeah, things changed. Now we're I'm, shaggy. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. And more tattooed. Yeah. Than ever before. Thank you, yeah. Mark. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local Update on your weather forecast. Uh, next hour, more just failed predictions. Because the news absolutely sucks today and has been for several days, I've gone on to a completely different topic. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Sixth of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Tuesday. I keep thinking it's Wednesday, but it's not. That's tomorrow. It's Tuesday. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. If you're just joining me, so this morning's news just absolutely sucks. No, we don't have a new speaker of the house. We're still waiting on that one. No, the whole world hasn't fallen apart because government's not doing anything because we don't have a speaker. That's everything's just fine. Oh, members of Congress were worried that if they weren't making decisions, well, then all sorts of horrible things are going to happen and nothing bad is happening. Just like if we hit the government shutdown, which we might, horrible things are not going to happen. So just like last time, horrible things didn't happen. Because there's really no idea of how to report news anymore, even how to look for news I know what's happening in Israel with Hamas right now is a big deal, but that's all the major networks are covering right now, most other news organizations. And all they're doing is saying the same things over and over again, waiting for something to happen. So I went looking for today's news, and I'm like, well, nobody has anything. Honestly, it's just garbage out there. So let's take a break. Fine. If anything happens in Israel, I'll let you know. Anything else important happens around the world, I'll let you know. I know there's good news stories out there, but your news media doesn't know what news is. So I I can't find anything right now. So we'll do something different here. I started going through just failed predictions. Now, I have in the past gone through failed climate predictions. I have a few of those. But these are other predictions. Earlier, this last hour, predictions, which made the news media like... 1903, the New York Times. The automobile is just a fad. Electricity is just a fad. You know, things like that. Here's this one. All women will be giants. In 1950, the Associated Press writer Dorothy Rowe used what she called scientific evidence (laughs) to predict that by the year 2000, 
all women will be at least six foot tall. Miss Mary, how tall are you? I, I know I'm six foot one. How tall are you? Quote, her proportions will be perfect, though Amazonian, because science will have perfected a balance, a ration of vitamins, proteins, and minerals that will produce the maximum body efficiency with the minimum of fat, she wrote. Women are taller on average nowadays. However, when it comes to perfect nutrition, Miss Mary is 5'7". Okay. Sorry, Miss Mary, it's past the year 2000 and you're not six foot tall. If you would like me to get you a stretching rack from medieval times, I can help you out with that. But other than that. Now, unfortunately, what's happened is let's go back to something else with her prediction that was completely wrong. Science will have perfected a balance of ration vitamins, proteins, and minerals that will produce maximum body efficiency, minimum fat. Well, when you take a look at not just women, but people in general, Americans especially today, is that what you see? No, we're eating garbage. And we're heavier than ever before. So, yeah, Associated Press writer says scientific evidence predicts women will be six foot tall by the year 2000. Toss that one out. Never happened. This is even before the Internet came around. Cable television, stuff like that, before all of that. These people were starving to find content and they wrote about the most ridiculous things. All right. Cleaning the house will require only a hose. Okay, once again, New York Times, 1950. Miracles you'll see in the next 50 years. One of those miracles involves housekeeping. Described, well, they're describing the life of chores. When James Dobson cleaned, they made a fictional character, Jane Dobson. When Jane Dobson cleans her house, she simply turns on the hose and just hoses down everything. I mean, why not? Upholstery, rugs, drapery, unscratchable floors, all made of synthetic fabrics, waterproof plastics. After the water has run down the drain in the middle of the floor, later she can just go ahead and conceal it with a rug of synthetic fiber. And then a blast of hot air dries everything. Well, okay. Which means you, while you're hosing down your house, you can hose down your spouse, your kids... And your pets, too. All of us. About the only thing gotten right out of that is there's a lot of synthetic materials that we do use today for all sorts of things. I'm, I always wonder what's going to replace what next. I do remember there was a time that I looked at uh, movies had to be on film. What replaces film? We went to videotape. What replaces that? We went to dat tape, but digital tape, basically. But, okay, what replaces that? Well, just digital. In fact, I remember walking into a Blockbuster one time, and there were movies for rent, and that was the video cassette tape thing, right? Well, what replaces that? Then I saw the DVDs coming around into Blockbuster. Oh, someday all of Blockbuster is going to be DVD, and it was. Well, what replaces DVD? Well, digital, which put Blockbuster out of business. So now I wonder what replaces digital. Yeah, you always got to wonder what the next thing is going to be. What I don't do is try to predict it because, yeah, as you see, many of these predictions just never happen. 
Okay, uh, let me see. Sure, this prediction doesn't expire till 2030, so we have a little time. But somehow, we're a little doubtful. I'm a, just slightly doubtful it's going to come true. A friend of Winston Churchill, high-powered lawyer, wrote in 1922 about medical advances, saw on the horizon, in part, uh, medical injections that would help human beings live to be 150 years old. Interesting because there's recent stories that I've read where they predict that human beings will live much longer. Now, there was a time when the average human being lived till about their mid-40s. That's about the total length of the average human lifespan was mid-40s. If they saw how long we're living today, they would be amazed because we've doubled our lifespan. That's cool. So that prediction keeps getting made. It hadn't happened yet, but... He thought it was a good thing for the most part, but it did make him worry how will the use of 20 be able to compete in professions uh, when someone who's 120 years old is still doing just fine. With a century of experience on to draw, I mean, people who have much more experience in the workplace will do much better than younger people. His prediction, dead wrong. Okay. Oh, here's another one. That's it. I'll, I'll click this one, too. I just found one. Eleven lies that change history. Okay. Uh, Rianne and Fort Danger. In 2023, where is my house cleaning hose? Like, trust me, Rianne from Fort Danger would lo- love, love to hose down some people in her house. My sister in Lake Wales, how, sister dear, how tall are you exactly? She's, she's tiny. Uh, I must be a giant, she says. Yeah. You're supposed to be like six foot tall, according to these predictions. Hang on. I got predictions about the telephone coming up next. I'm doing this because when I took a look at the news this morning, honestly, there's nothing to report. I'll let you know if something happens. 7.15, wake up. Everything you need to start your morning. Coffee, sarcasm, weirdness. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Seven twenty is the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Okay, my sister's five foot three. For those people just joining me, it was predicted that by the year two thousand, all women would be at least six foot tall. And in really great physical condition because of technology by AP News. They predicted that. Don't see that happening right now. And my sister did not reach the cut of being six foot tall. All right. Here's the next prediction that failed. 1876, the president of Western Union dismissed telephones as a toy. When Alexander Graham Bell offered to sell him the patent for $100,000, which back then would have been a lot of money. He wrote in an interesting memo stating, the idea is idiotic on the face of it. Furthermore, why would any person want to use this impractical device when he can send a message to the telegraph office and have a very clear written message sent to any large city in the United States. Okay, so he didn't see the practicality of telephones. It's all just a toy. It's a fad. He dismissed the whole thing. All right. Guess he was wrong about that. And what really got me about the advancements of the telephone 
back when the telephone company was what we called at the time Ma Bell. And Ma Bell was a monopoly, and you cannot have a monopoly without government complicity. Government helped Ma Bell become a monopoly. But then, in a rare move, Congress actually did something beneficial, right, correct. They realized that we're not supposed to have monopolies, especially ones that are controlled by the government. So they broke up Ma Bell into a bunch of phone companies and then said anybody who wants to start a phone company can. And within a few very short years, well, here comes cell phone advancements and, and look at where we are now. Okay, that's what happens when you deregulate things. Bert and Cheyenne say, Glenn, aren't we supposed to be living underground because of acid rain? Yes. No, don't forget the hole in the ozone layer, too. Now, as to whether we're supposed to be in an ice age or a global meltdown, it depends on which prediction you're listening to. But Okay, next one. Especially phones that act like computers. Quote, there's no chance that the iPhone is going to get any significant market share. No chance. That's what Steve Ballmer, CEO of Microsoft, said in 2007. Okay, maybe a slight chance. If this shocked you, wait till you see the... Oh, okay. There's uh, 180 history lessons your teacher lied to you about. Oh, okay. Yeah, I might take a look at that one, too. There's all sorts of... They have all sorts of things here on this list, which I'm really going to enjoy. Oh, I love this one. <clears throat> Televisions are not going to be a big thing. <laughs> uh, 20th Century Fox, the current kingpin president at the time, this is, what, 1946... Said the idea of an idiot box, as he called it, keeping people out of the theaters to see his company's production of How Green Was My Valley, The Grapes of Wrath, 1946. Televisions won't be able to hold on to any market it captures after the first six months. So again, he's calling this a fad. People are going to get tired of staring at these boxes, he said. Well... Of course, that didn't happen. Movie theaters can still work. I don't mind going to a movie theater now because when a movie comes out where the special effects say, I really need to see that on the big screen. I don't go to movie theaters anymore. I really don't. don't need to. So many things are. I don't watch much television, but so many things are available on television, which are just fine for watching at home. And televisions at home have become so big. For the longest time, people were saying flat screen TVs. I wonder why they still say that because they're all flat screens now. And they're huge. For those of us who remember that little square box that's set on the other side of the living room. And for some of you, remote control, you were the remote control. You were also the garage door opener because dad needed you to get up and go do that. Okay. So... Yeah, not what this guy was hoping for. I think in part some of these people, like the one saying, ah, television's a fad. Oh, the telephone's a fad. They were in competing businesses, so they predicted something completely opposite. Okay. um, Oh, I love this prediction. The world will go kablooey, stroke of midnight, January 1st, 2000. Remember when most computers recorded dates using only the last two digits of the year? Some of you remember this now. When we reached 2000, 00 would be at the end of the year. 
So people feared computers would think it was 1900 or any other year that had zero, zero. Global data meltdowns would follow. Remember that? That was called the Y2K problem. I knew some people who actually had the job of going to companies. They This was their job. They were computer people. They went to companies to clear the system out so when the year 2000 hit at midnight, their, their computers would not come to a screeching halt. Well, Y2K turned out to be not really much of a big deal. There were a few glitches here and there, but mostly it didn't happen. Jude and Casper. You mean like uh, Rocky Mountain Power is a monopoly, no competition? Right, Rocky Mountain Power needs to have some competition in the state of Wyoming. The more the merrier would certainly help us out. But yeah, that's not the only the world is going to go kablooey at the stroke of midnight. We were also all supposed to melt down at some point. Everything was just going to melt at some That was another one of many predictions that didn't come true. What was there was a doomsday cult. I'll have to look this up again. A few years ago, they had said they studied the Bible and figured out when the end time was going to happen. And it was supposed to happen at a certain date and a certain time. And so these people believed it and they got rid of everything. And when the date and time came, they all went outside and stood there waiting for it to happen. And the moment came and went and nothing happened. Not a thing. So then, of course, they kicked the can down the road. Well, we got a little bit of math wrong here. It's going to happen later this year, which, of course, it didn't. But that was a a doomsday cult that predicted end of time was going to happen. Notice today I might have a few for you, but there were some climate change predictions that I usually will like to do. These have nothing to do with that. Rhiannon for Danger. I remember that um, I was busy playing Tomb Raider around midnight. Oh, Y2K you're talking about. I just didn't care. I was saving the world with Laura Croft. Yeah, that's true. Now, I remember all the talk of Y2K problems, and so I was curious what was going to happen. The news media was all over Y2K as well, was all over it, but it just didn't happen. Or at least I should say there was going to be a glitch or two, and there was, but for the most part, absolutely nothing happened. When we got to the year 2000, and there were so many predictions that things were just going to go kablooey. Look, at some point, things do on the planet Earth. But what I look at is human beings have been predicting doomsday for, well, since human civilizations have been existed, whatever existed. There's been doomsday cults out there, always predicting the next end times. And always predicting what is or isn't going to happen. The answer is nobody knows. You just got to wait to things to see how things roll around before you can finally confirm that it's happened. In other words, I like to tell people, I don't believe in something is going to happen until after it happens. And then I believe it. But predictions, you just can't predict. You, you just can't. But I still have more of those people who try to. Coming up on 7.30, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it. 7.45, Don Day. Has more great weather coming at us. I don't know how long that's supposed to last, but at least another week. It's Wake Up Wyoming.
Keeping some honest, letting some lie, letting you vent. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Seven thirty-six at the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, just going through failed predictions of the past. Now this one kind of true, a little bit. Nineteen sixty-six, Time Magazine published an essay called "The Futurists." They looked ahead at life once again. The year two thousand was the big thing, right? Here's one thing they thought would be rejected by humankind. Remote shopping, while entirely feasible, they said would flop because, well, people like to get out of the house. They like to handle merchandise. They like to be able to change their minds, the essay said. So tell that to Amazon.com. Jeff Bezos is worth $146 billion. And I hate the way they say that's Jeff Bezos has $146 billion in his bank account. Pause right there. People who are worth that much money don't have that much money in a bank account. That's not how that works. Billionaires don't actually have billions of dollars. They're worth it if you were to sell everything. Take their companies, tear them apart, sell them for parts, liquidate everything. You might get $146 billion for Jeff Bezos. But in most cases... You, you would not get anywhere near that much money. Oh, you might get over that in, in a few cases. In most cases, you wouldn't actually get that much. It's an estimate. Nobody has that much money in their bank account. Okay, so let me see. What says there anyone? Else? I think I might have hit the final one. Yep, I think that was number 13 out of those, out of just failed predictions over the years. Now, I've got some more from this. By the way, this is from... Something in in my book, the recent book I came out with, Genericville, which is about homeowners associations. It's based on it's a novel based on true homeowners association horror stories. I make a lot of fun of Reader's Digest because according to the characters in the book, everybody has Reader's Digest in their house, but no one has actually read a Reader's Digest cover to cover. So everything I'm reading to you so far this morning has been from Reader's Digest, but it's Reader's Digest Online, which still continues to be a rather popular bit of reading material out there. But the Reader's Digest that arrives in your house as a little magazine, like a little booklet that we used to always get, really doesn't happen so much anymore. Some people still get it, most don't. Let's see. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I-80 John in Granny Canyon, he wants to get into a serious debate. Well, the the reason for his serious debate, hang on a second, clearing something, yeah, okay, is Judy, Jew just called or sent me a note from Mills, Wyoming, saying so, well, monopolies, uh, like, for example, the power company here, the phone company used to be a monopoly. Like the power company we have here in Wyoming, we have one power company. It's a monopoly. So I.D. John sent me a note asking, which I thought was a pretty good question here. So how do you and Jude and Casper propose for Rocky Mountain Power to have competition? Are you just going to seize the distribution system that they built? 
from the substations to your house and build a state-regulated utility. And I told him, personally, I'm for a violent overthrow by ninjas. And he, well, he's talking about a serious debate. And the answer really is the same, re, the same way, John, that you get Rocky Mountain Power to no longer be a monopoly in the state of Wyoming is the same way that we got rid of Ma Bell, which would be one company that was running the entire telephone company for the United States. And that's with competition. Think about how Ma Bell became what we have today. Follow that model. Okay. And you can bring in competition into the state of Wyoming through deregulation in the same way that we did it with the telephone company. So we'd have more than one electric utility in Wyoming. It's not brought in by seizing anything. It's brought in by capitalism and competition and by deregulation. It's been done before, not just with the phone company, but with other companies as well that were either monopolies or were becoming monopolies. And how through deregulation and encouraging competition, suddenly we had more choice in the marketplace. No, nothing needs to be seized. That would be anti-capitalist. So there you go, John. There's an answer to your question right there. Although I still like the idea of Rocky Mountain Power being seized by a bunch of ninjas in the middle of the night. Just because I would love to see it. Okay, I'm going to get a hold of Don Day from Day Weather. Next Almost week of weather is just gorgeous out there for the most part. Let's wake up my own. Blow off some steam before you face the day at 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Man of the hour, Don Day here in the studio. Well, Don, it people are actually getting kind of suspicious because we've had so many nice days in a row. We're wondering what's up. Well, first of all, be grateful. Okay, we are. Yes, be thankful. Okay, and, okay we and are. Take yeah. it. Take advantage of it. Yeah. I mean, we all know that Mother Nature is a great equalizer, uh-huh. and and so as nice it is now, eventually that's going to change. Sure. We'll, We'll get into some bad weather, but right now just be grateful. Let's let's live in the moment, not worry about what's coming in about a week or so. I heard that last part. Okay. <laughs> but right now, though, okay, a little bit breezy today, but we're not windy by Wyoming standards. Yeah, it'll be enough to be a nuisance wind. We've got okay. a front going right along the Montana border that's going to head into Dakota. So, yeah, the wind's going to pick up. Uh, it's going to cool off a little tomorrow, but, yeah, by Wyoming standards, it's really just nothing. Uh, and then the weather gets really nice again behind okay. this front to really tomorrow all the way probably through Sunday, maybe sneaking in Monday as well. Okay, a little bit on the cool side, but that's typical for this time of year over here. Get into the weekend. Thank you for another nice weekend. What was this you casually mentioned about uh, something coming? Is anything brewing big? Not well, so big? We, we have a large-scale pattern change coming. Okay, okay. but as I, as I told you yesterday, I, I'm not going to give you the details. That's too far out. Okay. But I can tell you what the trend is going to be. The trend after next Tuesday and Wednesday will be quite a bit colder all mm-hmm. across the western United States. And there is going to be some areas of rain and snow, especially the second half of next week towards next weekend. Um, so we changes are coming. The writing is on the wall. So it'll be a, quite the departure from what we have at the moment, whether it's 
a big impact, modern impacts. I can't tell you that yet, but but you need to be prepared for that trend change. Okay, because so far the way things, if trends continue the way they currently are, everything has been slowly easing in through fall toward winter. So as of yet anyway, I don't see anything that suddenly comes along and slaps us in the face. Not that that couldn't happen. For the next five to seven days, yes. yes. Okay. But after that, again, you're trying to yeah, get no, specific, and we can't do that. Can't yet. do that. Okay. Well, that that's one of the reasons that I would prefer to listen to you as a weatherman, because you know I'd rather hear someone look at me and just say I don't know, than <laughs> some of the other weathermen out here with uh, long term predictions and forecasts. Which, as you said, oftentimes models are just that they're they're tools, they're models, they're not. Well, yeah, and you can't get too far ahead of your skis, and sometimes. Yeah. Whether people are their own worst enemies, right? right? You get, ex- you see a, you see a model, you see a weather chart, you get excited, then you, you, uh, then you overpromise and underproduce, and that's mm. that's what you got to be careful at doing. That's why we always say, trend is your friend. Yeah, let's worry about the trend first, and right. then we'll get we'll worry about the specifics as we get closer. All right, thank you, Don. Don Day with Day Weather. Well, again, it's just been so nice for us so long. People get a little suspicious after a while. So head on over to the icebox. Frank Gambino's waiting by. It's too windy for golf. Yeah, well. And it's getting there. I just walked outside. You're getting to the point like, okay, if it gets any worse than this. Yeah. Golf will be a scratch. Yeah, okay. Or maybe you just play the holes that are with the wind. Yes. Except that there's only like five of them. Okay, but still, that's five holes that really make you look good. Yeah, and then you have to cut across people and everything else. Okay. Like, hey, I'm not, I'm not hitting into the yeah. wind. You, you can do that. But if everybody was playing the same five holes that are <laughs> well, with yeah, the then, wind, yeah, then, then everyone would know yeah. what oh, they're doing. Be just yeah. great. Yeah. Okay. So I went to visit a friend yesterday who is an electrician, the master electrician yes. in the uh, our area, and while talking to him at his office over there, he has a key box. This is a box. That has where you hang your keys in it if you're a business, right? Yeah. Could be, could have 25, 30 sets. Okay. He's got more than that. The inside was packed to the point of being ridiculous. Then as you look at the door on the inside, that was packed. If you look on the outside door, that was packed. Keys were laying on top. And he said, if you think that's something, and he brought me fistfuls of, of keychains, with multiple keys hanging from them. So I got a picture of them, and I wrote up a little story about this. So you can go ahead and see how many keys that he has. Now, let's take a look at this, uh, Frank. <clears throat> he has multiple vans and trucks to do some pretty big projects, not just home electrical, but some mm-hmm. big business and state electrical, too, right? Yeah, I, I think the key to this story is... Yeah, aha, uh-huh, uh-huh. He has... Is, is, does he know... There you go. ...what every Everything. key goes to? Yeah, you see, it's such a mess. How does he keep track of all of this? He has lock boxes and toolboxes <laughs> and padlocks and gates <laughs> and, you know, it just goes on and on. So when you take a look at the picture I have on the Wake Up Wyoming site, which is pretty impressive, all the keys that he's holding realize that's not even half of the keys that he has. And so I'm with you on the real key to the story is how <laughs> does he keep all of this organized? Sometimes I, I used to use colored stickers. He does have that. The key, I will give him this much, the keys are labeled. 
Every, okay. Every key has a little tag on it, which has some kind of a label. But you still got to find that label. <laughs> I know. That would take forever. Forget about it. In college football, the Wyoming Cowboys will have this week off, and this bye week seems to be coming at a good time following a 34-27 road loss to Air Force on Saturday. For two games in a row, the UW offense has looked great in the first half and not so great in the second half. Pokes manages one touchdown in the second half of that Air Force came in, and kicker John Hoyland, who normally has been money, missed a field goal in that second half. He missed one in the first half and also had an extra point block. The Air Force offense just grinded out some long drives with their option running attack. They ran the ball for 356 yards on 53 carries. Last Falcon touchdown in that fourth quarter was really a backbreaker as John Lee Eldridge went 58 yards for a touchdown with just over two minutes to go. It's hard to contain those guys for the entire game, but the Cokes are 5-2 and two overall and 2-1 and one in Mountain West Conference play. They'll have a big bro game at Boise State a week from Saturday. College basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls were picked to finish third in the preseason Mountain West Conference poll. Douglas State of Allison Furtick was named a preseason all-conference pick. She averaged 15 points in eight rebounds per game. Cowgirls won 23-11 and 11 last year. On the other end of the scale is the Wyoming Cowboy basketball team who were picked to finish 11th out of 12 teams in the preseason poll. A ton of players left the program through the portal and the Cowboys were 9-22 and 22 last season. Junior College Volleyball, all triple C from Cheyenne, rated 17th in the country this week. They are 26-4 after a three-sets none win over Gillette College their last time out. The Golden Eagles have won 10 in a row and they'll be at Northwest Apollo on Friday. The Casper College Volleyball team has won 12-13 of 13 with a 3-2 win over Central Wyoming their last time out. The T-Birds are 21-10. and 10. They'll take on Western Wyoming from Rock Springs on Thursday. Wyoming Cowgirl Volleyball Team, 3-5 and five in Mountain West play, 14-5 and five overall after a road loss to New Mexico, then a road win over Air Force. This week, the Cowgirls will host Nevada on Thursday. They'll be at Fresno State on Saturday. Major League Baseball playoffs. Texas has a two-game snun lead over Houston in the American League Championship Series with a 5-4 win yesterday. The Rangers winning both of those games on the road. Philadelphia beat Arizona 5-3 in Game 1 of the National League Championship Series last night, and Game 2 will be tonight. That's it in sports. Game two's tonight. You so, it's be- it? so it's a best of seven series. Okay. And I watched it off and on. You know, um, I'll just... Let's put it this way. Mm. Houston losing is a good thing. They're, 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 they're cheaters. Okay. And that's just the end of that. Philadelphia, you know, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll handle them. Arizona, okay. we'll handle them. You just kind of watch and see who, who does something noteworthy. Okay. Which they, which no, everyone doesn't. I anything. was about to ask, how do you decide what games to commit to? Because there's a lot going on, and a lot of times there's a lot going on all at once. I know. I mean, it used to be you used to be flipped through the channels if you had a lot of TV. Now you're like, well, yeah. you know, night and I can watch everything in a box, in a box, in a box, in yes. a box. Yeah. In fact, I even saw YouTube advertised to me, and I don't care, but YouTube would say, what about all those games in football that even college games that never make television? YouTube has them. Oh. Yeah, you can watch them all there. I wonder why nobody watches those games. There you go. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business. I'm going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Open phones. Wake up, Wyoming.
1906 the time. It's Wake Up My Own. My name is Glenn Wood. Thanks for joining me. 888 Woods, the phone number. 888 Well, hang on a second. We'll see. Hang on to that phone number thought for just a minute. I'm just used to saying that. So, okay. If you're just joining me, this morning when I got to work, I started going through the regular news sites. And you would not believe the number of news sites from local on up, even international sites, that I scan through every single morning looking for something. And as usual, news organizations don't know what news is. Now, that's not a new thing. It's been that way for a very, very, very long time. Long before the age of television and radio, even news sites were like that. Today, it's really bad. They're primarily just focused on what's happening in Israel. And so I went through all of this going, really? Everybody's just saying the same thing over and over again. No, we don't have a Speaker of the House. And so Congress can't get anything done. And nothing bad has happened because of that. No, So I don't want to keep talking about the same things. If you're following news, that's all you're getting right now is the same talking head saying the same thing. So I started to look at other stuff, including just failed predictions was one of them. Now, side discussion got going. I'd be interested to know what some of you other folks think about this. Started with Jude and Casper, uh, or actually Mills, Wyoming, technically. And she made a comment about Black Hills Energy being a monopoly. In which case, I, John wanted to know, what do you do to get rid of a monopoly then? I mean, a hostile takeover? What, you know, what do you do? You know, government kind of take over. No, I said choice and competition. And some other people chimed in about this. And here, I'll give you the short version of this. Because I can get into a lot of detail. But the short version is this. There are quite a few power companies creating power in Wyoming. But most of that power goes out of state. Now, since I've been in Wyoming, and I've lived in a few different places... I've only been able to buy my electricity from Rocky Mountain Power. That's it. Now, Rocky Mountain Power is the same company that wants to or is asking to increase their rates by up to 30%. I don't think they'll get all of that, but they want to greatly increase their rates. That's been sort of a point of contention for a little while now as the debate goes on and public hearings go on. And so one of the possibilities that people suggest is, well, why not let other power companies in on this game? If we had some competition, because choice and competition not only create a better product, but tends to lower prices as people fight for our business. And one of the examples I used was, I remember when there was only one telephone company, Ma Bell, and everything was just sort of stuck in place with Ma Bell. Now, monopolies cannot exist without government being involved in helping them to exist. So that is when, and here again, the short version is, so at one point, Congress had actually did something correct. They passed a bill to break up Ma Bell as a monopoly and then said that anybody who wanted to start a phone company could, and it went from there. Okay, a lot happened after that, but it basically went from there. Leading up to what we have today with so many people walking around with cell phones and so on. I mean, it just, the whole thing just exploded to what we have today. So for people who live in a rural area, especially, or any area where when they go to get electricity for their home, their business, there's only one person they can buy electricity from. My thought is, well, why, especially when you live in a place where there's so many electric companies producing so much electricity, 
why is it that we only have choice of purchasing from one? And can something be done about that? And my answer to that is, well, of course, we have ways of doing things through open free markets and competition. Okay, so there's a way to do that. And that's where this whole thing has been going with people dropping me comments. Um, let's see. Uh, I.D. John is saying, and 100 plus years ago, the company agreed to build an electric grid and the state gave them an area to operate in. Right. But, of course, we have all these other electric companies in the state. Why am I only allowed to purchase from one provider? Allow competition in. There's ways to do this. And I think it would increase the quality, but also lower the price, as choice and competition often does. So that's something worth looking into. Now, how exactly that works? Oh, I don't know. But it's something worth looking into. Because right now, I can only buy electricity from one provider. And yet with my cell phone company, I have so much choice out there. With my internet provider, I have so many choices out there. Why can't I do that with electricity too? There ought to be a way to do that, is my point. But okay. If you want to drop in and see, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Okay, thank you, Miss Mary. Um, right now, we have been speaking of Internet and phones and so on. We have had an, an occasional problem, and I apologize for that, and we're trying to figure out what that problem is. So right now, if you want to send me a note, do what everybody else is doing. Use the Wake Up Wyoming app. Just hit chat, and I'll go ahead and answer that, but also read that on the air as we get into the conversation. Now, part of what I was doing, since there wasn't any really any decent news out there, because, well, it's been it's nothing new. Most news organizations struggle to understand what news really is. So I started to take a look at predictions that have failed. Now, a lot of times when I do this, I just do climate predictions. But there's more than that. Here's another one for you. Irving Fisher predicted a stock market boom just before the crash of 1929. Now, you've heard me do this before. Every so often, economic numbers come out. And when economic numbers come out, I'll always hear news reporters and anchors say, experts were shocked. Experts were surprised that. And I always wonder, who are these experts that they keep getting it wrong? Well, those numbers were higher than expected. Those numbers were lower than expected. Well, really? Then how come they never expect anything that's dead on? Well, okay. Story says, Irving Fisher, one of the great economists. Well, hold on. Was he really a, such a great economist? Because he really blew this one. <clears throat> of the first half of the 20th century, contributed to economic sciences are varied. The relationship between inflation and interest rates, the price index. They talk about all the things that they say he did that was really great. Yet he is sometimes remembered by the unfortunate statement he made in the days prior to the crash of 1929. And Fisher said that stock prices have reached what looks like a permanent plateau. Expect to see the stock market a good deal higher within a few months, he said. And then crash. So, okay, even even if he was an expert in his time, but now I still kind of am, am a little, I'd have to go back and take a look at a lot of the predictions that he made before that. Because oftentimes we find today people are touted as experts in, and we should listen to them because they're an expert in. And it turns out they're an expert in absolutely nothing, other than they get a lot of attention. 
but they're really not an expert in anything. So often, I'm not saying that there aren't experts out there. There are people in certain fields that we should rely on because they're very good at what they do. There are some people that I will turn to for advice because I know whatever the topic might be. Here's something that I don't know much about, but here's somebody who does this for a living, and I'm going to ask him. For me, based on my life experiences, if I want advice in something, I don't turn on the television or look up for advice on the Internet so much as uh, other than to go searching for someone who actually does it for a living who has real-life experience. They have a lot of experience because whatever the task is, they've been performing that task for a long period of time, which means while not perfect, they they know more than most people. That's the best you're going to get with an expert. What Who's not an expert is someone who has spent most of their life in the hallways of academia reading books about it but never doing. 8.15, Wake Up Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming goes anywhere you do. The Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. Morning, Mark. Mark is in Centennial. He's sending me a message off the Wake Up Wyoming app, which you can do by hitting the chat mode. The app is free to download at the downstore, uh, at the app store, just Wake Up Wyoming. So Mark in Centennial says, Abe Lincoln quote, I am a firm believer in the people, if given the truth, they can be depended upon to meet any national crisis. The point is to bring them the real facts and beer. The problem being that corrupt media is propaganda. I think when it comes to, since I'm reading all of these failed predictions, and a lot of them, Mark, were in the media, I think the media is several things when it comes to why they are... So full of, we can call it propaganda if you like, or bias if you want to call that. It depends on who you're talking to. Now, Rush Limbaugh had it right. He One time I was listening to him give an assessment of the media. And he said the vast majority of people, when news organizations are pulled, the vast majority of people in news media identify themselves as liberal Democrats. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then what prism do they see the world through? So when they report what they see as news, they see it through the liberal Democrat prism. If the vast majority of people in news media were more conservative, then that's what you would see. Or more libertarian, that's what you would see in the news. Okay, So you're going to get the point of view of the person who's writing the story, which is why when I read so many stories today and they mention – Well, like we have a looming government shutdown here and how horrible a government shutdown would be. Well, because these are people who believe that we cannot honestly exist without a lot of government. So that's how they see it. When you hear me picking on the whole climate change issue, well, because they believe that we're in a climate crisis. That's what they believe. And so everything, every time there's a bad weather event, that's what they see. Okay. Now, there are people who do engage in manipulation, lies, propaganda. They certainly do exist. There are those people out there who are definitely trying to manipulate you. That has been proven. We know that's the case. I don't think that covers the vast majority of people in news media, but that does definitely happen. Another part of it is also lazy reporting, which we've talked about before. 
you've heard me tell multiple times the story of uh, the flying car where a company in Massachusetts sent out a press release. We're going to build the first flying car. Well, all I had to do was type it in on an Internet search. Just type in earliest flying car. And the earliest flying car I could find was built in 1948. There's always some company out there building a flying car. You've always been able to buy one. Problem is, people don't really buy them, and so the company goes out of business. But they've always been available throughout your life. There's always some company producing a flying car. Yet every news organization reported the first flying car. And why? That this company was going to build the first flying car. And the reason as to why is because they were just too lazy to actually ask a question and do just two seconds worth of research. And that, I do think, has to do with, with a lot of what news and information gets out there. It's not bias so much as they think that research is you Google something and whatever pops up is the answer, which has nothing to do with what actual research is. They don't know what actual research is. It's lazy journalism. What I used to call before the Internet, you've heard me call it rip and read because I caught myself doing it when I was in my real early 20s. I was probably like 20 or 21 years old. And my job was to read the news on the air. And it came off a teletype machine. I ripped the page off, sat in front of the microphone, and just started reading the story. And then realized in one of the stories that I was reading, which I was reading fresh, cold for the first time on air, there was a mistake in the story. Now, that made me stop and go, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to tell people something that's not true. I better go check that out and correct the story. But how many people in news media, journalism today do that? Do they honestly stop and take a look at what they're, whatever the facts are, whatever the story is, and really do a deep dive to find out, is that true? And what if they find out that it, well, they, they're holding a truth, but it's not popular opinion. And if they tell everybody what's really going on, they're going to be ostracized for it. People will get upset with them. I mean, in most cases, people will go ahead and say what everybody else is saying because they don't want to be made fun of. They don't want to be part of the you know, outside of the crowd. They're afraid of saying something that doesn't go along with popular opinion. And so much of what you do read in newspapers and magazines, well, newspapers and magazines going away, they're online now. You know, and any online source or television news, wherever you might be getting your news from, most of it is also from people who are afraid to say anything that is not in line with the current popular opinion of the day. Rather than being the kind of news reporter or journalist who would be a real one, who would dig for the facts and come back and say, you know, I just found out something. You guys are not going to like this. You're not going to like what I have to say. But I just found out something that is absolutely not true. Every one of you think it. You all think it. But it's not true. And I'm going to tell you what it is. Oftentimes when somebody does write a story like that, they are punished for it. That does happen a lot. So why is your news media bias? It's not just one thing. The idea, it's just propaganda. Well, there is that. Uh, Then there's lazy. 
then there's people afraid to go seeking or reporting what they found out that's absolutely true. There's people who just see things through the prism of whatever their political or social beliefs are, and so that's how they report things. The whole line of reasons why, when you read something in the news, you should take a look at it and think, is that accurate? Is this person giving me what's really going on? And then if you want to know what's really going on, you're going to have to dig for yourself, which takes a little bit of work. Now, I personally love doing that. That's, some, that's part of the reason I do what I do here, because when I read something or see something on the news and I have I raise an eyebrow thinking, I'm not sure about that. Let me go check it out. I do enjoy a deep dive to find out, is what they're telling me absolutely true? In many cases, in most cases, actually, there's a kernel of truth in it, but then the rest of it is off. And so that's where I like uh, enjoy doing my deep dive. And just so you know, when I do a deep dive like this, I stay off Google. Because Google does that's what Google's one of those that has a definite bias. If it doesn't agree with their narrative, they call it misinformation. They see at Google, they see things through a certain pr- uh, prism. And if it doesn't agree with that point of view, then it's misinformation. And so it's either de-emphasized or labeled or flagged. That's who Google is. That's who Facebook is. By the way, YouTube is owned by Google, if you didn't know that. And so that's why so much of what you get as as a Google search is leaning a certain direction politically, socially, as far as your opinions go. Okay. I do have more. Let's see. Onward to the stars. I remember Rush Limbaugh always called the drive-by media, throwing a lot out there, and hopefully something sticks. Yeah. G-Man and Gillette, good morning to Vietnam. Morning, G-Man. Coming up on some news for 8.30. Then I'm going to get into some of these more failed predictions. Uh, Doozies that were put out there by news media, most of the time just to get big headlines... Because they were trying to sell you newspapers or magazines or books or something like that. Or get television ratings. Today, it's more like internet clicks. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Got something to say to Glenn? Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Eight thirty-six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, so Paul Ehrlich, I have mentioned this. I was just talking about uh, different predictions that were made that never happened. And I've been staying away from the cult of climate change this time around. But I will mention this one guy. 1968 biologist Paul Ehrlich published a book where he argued that hundreds of millions of people will starve to death in the following decade as a result of overpopulation. He went as far as to say that the battle to feed all humanity is over. Done. And said nothing can prevent substantial increase in world death rate. Of course, Ehrlich's predictions never came true since the publication of his book. The death rate has uh, actually moved. Death rate is down. People are living longer as far as 
per population. Uh, it's declined dramatically, even though the population has doubled since 1950. The story says, seldom in history has someone been so wrong about the future of humankind. And yet, when I take a look at this, just recently, 60 Minutes wanted to talk about climate change. And they bring on Paul Ehrlich as an expert. And people were asking 60 Minutes, why would you bother to do that? Everything he ever predicted has been like horribly wrong, even though the media was hyperventilating about it when that book came out, because it was something to hyperventilate about. All right, 1990s, Great Depression that never happened, economist Ravi Batra reached the number one New York Times bestseller list in 1987, thanks to a book, The Great Depression of 1990. From the title, one can easily infer what was the main thesis of the book, namely an economic crisis is imminent, and it'll all be, it'll be just a horrible, tough one. She fortunately... All of his predictions failed to come true. In fact, the 1990s was a period of stability and strong economic growth. The opposite of what he said was going to come true. But then again, your news media needed something to hyperventilate over. So they did. He was all, I remember him, all over the place on all sorts of different news channels, magazine interviews, stuff like that. The opposite of what he predicted is true. And yet he was continued to be hailed as a expert, even though everything he ever predicted was wrong. All right. Alan Greenspan on interest rates. September 2007, former Fed chairman Alan Greenspan released a memoir called The Age of Turbulence, Adventures in a New World. In the book, he claimed that the economy was heading toward a two-digit interest rate due to expected inflationary pressures. According to Greenspan, the Fed would be compelled to drastically raise its target interest rates up to a full 2%. One year later, Fed's rate was at historic lows, reaching near zero shortly after. And still, despite things like this, they keep dragging out Alan Greenspan for all sorts of... Okay. Uh, let's see, Peter Schiff in the end of the world. Financial commentator Peter Schiff became famous in the aftermath of the 2007-2008 financial crisis for having foreseen the housing crisis back in 2006. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Since then, he has been predicting the economic catastrophes every other day. Well, you see, that's what got him on television. That's what made him money. He predicted catastrophes. So, again, the news media. Remember, I've been saying this since I was on my high school newspaper. I was like 15 at the time. And as I was learning about news media through my high school newspaper, and if you're thinking just the high school paper, we had to go learn about how the news media worked. We went to visit television stations and newspapers and so on. We talked to real reporters in actually in the business in case we actually wanted to become real journalists. And something I ended up saying to my teacher way back then, and I still say it today, the news media does not report news. They report controversy and hype. And when they cannot find it, they will create it. And what you're... What I'm reading here is a great example of that. Peter Schiff, 
He actually makes a prediction that comes true. Well, of course, that means he's going to continue to get a lot of airtime. How does he stay on the air? Because the more he's on television, the more books he can sell, the more other people will turn to him as an expert, the more money he makes. He's got to stay on top. Well, he stays on top with more doomsday predictions. Who cares if they come true or not? There are many examples of his failed predictions. 2010... He foretold quantitative easing would result in hyperinflation and eventual destruction of the dollar. Unfortunately for Schiff, the average inflation rate per year has been about 1.68%, slightly below the 2% target of the Fed. But again, this guy just kept throwing out one prediction after the next and anything, anything, to keep him on television and to keep him in the news. And that's what the news media wants, is the night the, the next thing to make you hyperventilate about. I think that's part of the reason that when it comes to, well, pick a topic. It's a crisis. It's got to be a crisis. When someone goes to the news media and says, actually, I've done some research and everything is fine. And again, pick a topic that you want to think of here. I've done some research and everything in this in this area is going to be fine. N- nothing bad is happening. Well, that's not much of a headline. Well, that's not going to sell advertising. They can't have that. But when someone comes along hyperventilating, oh, well, they have to cover that, right? Well, of course they do, which is why they'll print the story that's outrageous, but Remember this one? We had this one. And uh, go real quick back to the cult of climate change thing, but I'm not going to dwell on it. We had, over the course of the summer, a guy who's a climatologist, or so he says. And he's at a university up in the New England states up in Maine. And this guy ran a model. He took a few temperature readings and put it into a model in a computer and came back and said... The past couple of days have been the hottest in recorded history. Now, that was debunked by actual climate experts from all over the globe. But who got all of the attention? Here's a headline for you. The hottest summer ever that never was. Recently, and this is a website that actually covers climate reality, if you will. By, by actually digging into actual research, not what the news media is doing. He said, recent, they say recent article on their own website, failure by climate alarmists and media to utilize NOAA's own data through July and the summer maximum temperature data. It's false to say it was the hottest summer ever. Headlines for the year 2023 with the summer characterizes Numerous articles having been a record breaker. Then they show some of the articles, okay? And yet, here again, when we go back and look at the actual numbers for this, uh, this was kind of an an average summer. Nothing temperature-wise really historic happened. There were a couple of places on the planet that had some records, but that happens every summer. There were also some places on the planet that had record lows. But what gets the headline? 845, wake up Wyoming.
So many opinions, we had to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight forty-eight. The time it's wake up, my Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino's waiting by. Frank in the little Halloween hallway that I build every single year. Of and, course, it, and it's more and more every year. Yeah, every year I get a few more Esther things. Esther is there. here, and yeah. where's that rat thing that you? Oh, I, I never put the rat up, but I should get one. And then I did put up a, a little bowl of candy, which is almost gone. I got to refill that. Um, you know who's the biggest offender? You. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then, but course, I only pick out one one kind. Yes. But I did notice, though, that putting up the picture of the van that says Free County at Candy has been very helpful. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. I, I, I'm just gravitating to That's that. fine, Frank. That's what it's there for. I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. I will well, the, the van or the candy? Now, let, let me ask you now. Uh, well, not, well, the van, I would hope you would not. I would expect you to be the guy driving the creepy van. <laughs> well, <but> okay. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so... Uh, let me see. I think I can probably skip getting wax lips in there. You're probably not into those. No, 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 no. Yeah, okay. Almond Joy. Um, no. Yeah, okay. Three Musketeers. My, yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I stayed away from any hard candies. Yeah, I, I, it's bad on your teeth. Yeah, okay. Um, let me see. Candy corn? You know. No. <clears throat> I, I think it's only just candy corn is just Halloween only. Yeah, it is. I do agree. Candy corn is Halloween only. I love candy corn, but I only love it at Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Uh, Tootsie Rolls, bad for your fillings. Yes, they are. Yeah. They, they, you know, they'll, they'll actually pull the filling right out. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, bazooka gum. Yeah, I, I used to like that, that as a kid. Good? I haven't had it lately, you know. But oh, okay. Those, but those were big pieces of gum, and they were thick. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, Mary Jane's, we can skip those. Uh, Smarties. No, those Smarties ones, those are the no, ones no, that no, like no. chalk. Yeah. And same thing with Necco wafers. What was that? That's something I would rather use in school on oh, a chalkboard than actually awful. something like that. Okay. Awful. What are your favorites here? Because i got to refill know, the whatever you were putting in, you know, I, I like the Reese's no matter what it is. Okay. Whether it's the cups or the little, you know. Yeah, but the peanut butter bucket, thing. The, the tablets, you know, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chocolate-covered peanut butter is good for you. You like that? Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I thought the little Twix bars the were Twixer, pretty good too. The Twix are, are always are really it, it, okay. it's a staple of most yes. Halloween okay. baskets. Yes. Never understood why anybody buys hard candy. I just no, no, no not at all. College basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls were picked to finish third in the preseason Mountain West Conference poll. A Douglas native Allison Furtick was named the pre, uh, preseason all-conference pick. She averaged 15 points and 8 rebounds per game last season. The Cowgirls won 23-11. and 11. On the other end of the scale is the Wyoming Cowboy basketball team. They were picked 11th out of 12 teams in the preseason poll for the Mountain West. A ton of players left the program through the portal, and the Pokes were 9-22 and 22 last season. Junior College Volleyball, LCCC from Cheyenne, rated 17th in the country this week. They are 26 Six and four. After a three nothing win over Gillette College their last time out, the Golden Eagles have won ten in a row, and they'll be in Northwest DePaul on Friday. The Casper College volleyball team has won twelve of thirteen with a three two win over Central Wyoming their last time out. The T Birds are twenty one and ten, and they'll take on Western Wyoming on Thursday. The Wyoming Calgary volleyball team three and five in Mountain West playing fourteen and five overall. After a road loss to New Mexico and then a road win over Air Force, the Calgaries will host Nevada on Thursday, and they will be at Fresno State on Saturday. 
Wyoming Cowboy football team. They have this week off, and the bye week seems to be coming at a good time following a 34-27 loss to Air Force on Saturday in Colorado Springs. Two games in a row now. The UW offenses look great in the first half and not so great in the second half. Cowboys manage just one touchdown in the second half of that Air Force game. Kicker John Horland, who normally has been money this year, missed a field goal in the in the second half, missed one in the first half, and also had an extra point block. The Air Force offense with that option running game just kind of wore Wyoming out. They ran the ball for 356 yards on 53 carries. And that last touchdown in the fourth quarter, a backbreaker as John Lee Eldridge went 58 yards for a score with just over two minutes to go. It's hard to contain those guys for the entire game. They just seem to just saw wood away, 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 and then break one. This week, uh, the most of the pokes are five and two overall, and two and one in Mountain West playing. Have a big road game at Boise State a week from Saturday. And at Major League Baseball tonight will be Game Two of the National League Championship Series. Philadelphia beat Arizona last night in Game One, five to three. In the American League Championship Series, Texas has won twice on the road over Houston with a five-four victory yesterday. And then Game Three will be tomorrow. That's it in sports. So, do you have uh, you know, what the American League and what's the other one? The National League. National League. Do you have a preference? I, I, who I really would like to win yeah. is Texas and Arizona. Okay, that's who I would like to win. Uh, that, that, a, a, after the the two previous rounds, all the teams that I thought would win, yeah. lost. Okay, because I hear people debating American League and National League like one or the other really sucks. They're they're about you know yeah. all, all things equal. They're they're about the same. I mean, it, it's really no difference. And now that they they play each other more, that used yeah. to be never the National League teams never played the American League teams. Oh really? They, then they went to uh, you know like interleague play for attendance and right. issues, and it's kind of worked. So but what about when they've had other baseball leagues that have tried to squeeze in? Um, you're not going to only for, only at the minor league level. Yeah, only at minor. League. Okay, yeah. thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care. You know, roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I've been going through a whole lot of failed predictions this morning because today's news absolutely sucks. Now, you can get a hold of me today, just if you don't mind, simply today, just by using the text message option on the Wake Up Wyoming app. That's really you at your app store. Just go to your app store, type in Wake Up Wyoming, and there's the app. It does so many things. It's free, including... Touch the chat option and send me text messages. Simple man just sent me a note. Since I had been talking about so many things about news media and why they continue to report outrageous predictions and stories from outrageous people that are constantly wrong. Simple man and Casper says, hey, you can't forget about the song called Dirty Laundry. Speaking of all the new stuff that you've been talking about. Well, that's a great song. Dirty Laundry was another one. Now, here's what I'm just going to play a little bit of it. This actually goes, let's see, when was this? Steve Tyler is his name. 
And this is our Taylor, excuse me, Steve Taylor. And Steve Taylor was back in the 80s as a Christian rock artist. And he did a song called Meet the Press. And he spelled it M-E-A-T, the press, about bias in news media that he was talking about back in the 80s. Yeah, the song is all about how news media, well, meet the press, M-E-A-T, the press. Get the idea with the song here. Then he just starts to rip apart the press for all of the nonsense that they put out that we're supposed to just swallow as news. Which isn't really news at all. So that was a simple man. Here's from Wild Kid and Casper. Morning, Glenn. You're exactly right about the media. They are a source of a lot of evil. They don't really, they don't relay the news. They create hype and fear. Well, that's what I've been saying, yeah, since I was on my high school newspaper. The news media does not report news. They report controversy and hype. And when they cannot find it, they will create it. So anyway, Wild Kid goes on saying, for example, it was the left wing controlled media that stated uh, Trump if elected would cause a war as we can see Biden has gotten us into many crises in the world today and now we are uh, headed for a conflict in the Middle East it's the media that controls what people see and hear well again they have to see it from their perspective they do news media see it from their per- a guy who votes Democrat and most media people, most news media people vote Democrat. And so that's the way they're going to report the news because that's the prison that they see it through. Yes, there is lies. Yes, there's manipulation. But in many cases, it's just because that's how they see the world. And so that's what they're reporting to. And when you ask them about bias, they go, what bias? What? This is the way the, this is the, way the world is, right? All right. <clears throat> Get a load of here. A couple of other stories here. Um Go back to a failed prediction. Why didn't the first Earth Day predictions come true? We're going to go back to the first Earth Day. Revolutionary at the time. This is when people said that, well, we're going to have to get into sustainability year-round. This is 51 years ago. The first Earth Day was about, let me make sure I got my date on this right. No, it was more than that. I got to go back to see when the first Earth Day was. What was the year? I'll see if I can look this up here. Some 20 million Americans protested and demanded that the government curb pollution, protect wildlife, conserve natural resources. Now, I do agree that we need to take care of the planet. I think you agree with that, too. Real pollution. CO2 is not a pollutant. Real pollution. Because back when the first Earth Day happened, while we had smoggy cities, we dumped garbage all over the place. It was nasty. We've cleaned a lot up since then. So they weren't entirely wrong. 
Remarkably, government leaders listened. They said Environmental Protection Agency, which has gotten way out of hand, was founded. And they were predicting at the time that we were running out of everything. We were going to run out of oil, materials, food, etc. Okay. Scientist Paul Ehrlich once again was predicting doomsday for the human race. Well, in October of 1990, uh, see, uh, let me see what it talks about more about Paul Ehrlich and, and what he did. But the, the point of all of this is this became a doomsday cult. And so many of the predictions that were made by the first doomsday cult on the first Earth Day just didn't come true. Well, I think that they had it correct way back then that we need, we need to take care of our planet for real pollution. But why didn't we run out of oil? Well, fracking was part of the reason why. Why didn't we run out of coal? We now have more than ever before. What about Paul Ehrlich and the population bomb, which never happened? In our pollution problem there, we started taking better care of the earth as we began to understand how to handle pollution a lot better now than we ever have. If you want to take a look at who's really destroying things, why isn't the media picking on, for example, China or India or other countries like that that do real damage to the environment? If they really care about taking care of the planet, why don't they take a look at the damage done by wind farms, solar panels, and the current way they, they make batteries for electric cars? They don't want to take a look at that, though, because they consider that to be the stuff that's saving the planet. If reporters really cared, if they were really interested in the truth of the matter, they wouldn't constantly call wind and solar and electric cars green, clean, sustainable, affordable, reliable, stuff like that. By the way, on that note, real quick, uh, there's a story that I came across this morning. People may need carbon passports for international travel. According to a recently published report by the travel company Intrepid Travel, a collaboration with... Um, well, different people that are in, let's say, European government, they want a personal carbon allowance. So you would only be allowed to travel depending on how much CO2 you put out. If, let's say at the beginning of the year, you're allowed to put out so much CO2 in your travel. And you do, in the beginning of the year, you visit all your family, relatives, you take care of some business, and you blow your carbon credits by the end of the winter. Well, you're kind of screwed for getting around if you want to do anything the rest of the year. The report said climate change-related extreme weather could make uh, your favorite vacation spot less enjoyable. And talks about temperatures and all of the horrible things, you know. So what about if instead they gave you a climate passport that allowed you to go on vacation just so much, just so often, depending. You can only take airplane flights so every so often. That would also have to do with how often you could use your car, for example, or how you could heat your home. I'll probably get a little bit more into this as I get later into the week. But I just, as long as I was on that one topic, I just wanted to mention this as well. 
the whole idea of carbon passports. Okay. I'll get back into the list of failed predictions and a few other things next. 915, wake up. Keeping them honest, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Nine twenty-one's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, a few other things that are out there that were predicted that turned out to be just absolute nonsense. But your news media needs something to write about, right? The Internet is just a fad. In the early days of the Internet, there were a number of people who saw it as a flash-in-the-pan idea, just like they did with the telephone and the television and the automobile. Those were all just fads. Uh, founder of 3Com uh, Company, Robert Metcalf, said, I predict the Internet will soon go spectacularly supernova. In 1996, he said it would catastrophically collapse. Well, and a lot of times when predictions like that are made, it's made by people who are in competing businesses. But anyway, he had to eat his words literally during his keynote speech in 1999, International World Wide Web Conference. Uh, He blended a, a copy of his printed column with some liquid and drank it. So... He didn't eat his words. He drank his words. Okay, viewers will tire of television. I told you that one early. Back when television was coming around. This is 1946. And it was Daryl Zanuck of 20th Century Fox who said, you know, it's going to be short-lived. No one's going to want to sit at home watching this little box. Well, okay. Uh, online shopping will flop. We covered that one. Oh, robot workers. Okay, this is starting to happen here. The obsession with technology taking over human jobs is a tale as old as the Industrial Revolution, 1982. Writers for Omni. Oh, I loved that magazine. But anyway, predicted workers, including dry cleaners, farm workers, and shop cashiers would be replaced by robots while the robot job apocalypse isn't quite at our doorstep, though. A lot of things have been automated. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Oftentimes, well, it's like when you go to a Walmart or your grocery store to do the self-checkout thing. We've talked about this before. It's because self-checkout is now so easy to do. There was a time when using the cash register at the store was a skilled job. And people, remember back then, credit cards were not taken the way we take credit cards today. There was also cash and writing checks and all of those buttons on the machine. That was a skilled job. Now anybody can wave something over top of the scanner and swipe their card. So that's why that job was eliminated. But that's okay as long as those people who are no longer working as cashiers get jobs producing something. It's okay. It frees us up to be productive. We've talked about that before. Okay. Life of Leisure, 1966. Time Magazine predicted that computers would be filling the roles of all but the highest level executives leading 9% of the, 90% of the population in a life of leisure with government benefits, even non-working families would have an annual income that would just allow them to stay at home. Predictions of holiday in space, we're still working on that. By 2020, we were supposed to be having holidays on the moon. There's people still trying to get that done. Maybe someday. Let's see. Uh, Sniffles and sneezes. 
by 2000. An Arkansas physician said, we were gonna, we're gonna cure the common cold. He predicted that in 1955. Eh, well. There's so many different strains of it. No. Let's see. Humans will live to be 150 years old. That was also, did that earlier this morning. A piece in Ladies Home Journal in 1900. The curator of mechanical technology at Smithsonian Institution looked forward to 100 years and predicted the demise of the letters C, the letter X, and the letter Q. They will be abandoned because they are unnecessary, he wrote. I would like to see the entire American English revamped because it has become such a mixing, melting pot of different languages. It doesn't really make much sense anymore. It's difficult. Let's see. No square meals. It was predicted that chomping on a three-course... Well, you could just chomp on some chewing gum. Like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, and that would be your entire meal. You would not have to sit down and eat a meal anymore. People would just go ahead and pop in this chewing gum. It's everything we need. Well, today, unfortunately, Americans like eating more than ever before. You see what that's done to us. Yeah, let's see. 1966, California's Long Beach Press-Telegram predicted... Future pantries would be stocked with freeze-dried meat, eggs, and pre-sliced apples ready to be rehydrated into fresh meals. New York Times science editor foresaw a world where all food, even soup and milk, would be delivered to people's homes in frozen bricks. And chemical factories would convert rayon, rayon underwear into sweats, really. Uh, where there's a market for dehydrated, there is a market for dehydrated meals out there, but, and some people even dehydrate stuff at home. But it's usually seen as sort of a side treat thing, not like something we, we do for our regular food. I think they did not predict that, nobody predicted way back then that we would actually have people trying to make, grow artificial meat in a lab or make artificial meat out of everything but meat. And then claim that it was better for us, even though it turns out not to be better for the environment and not better for us. Or the whole vegan movement, for that matter. Oh, side note on that. Here's something else. I'm going to make a prediction. After all these failed predictions, I'll make a prediction that this is going to spectacularly fail. I mean, big time. So, let me see. Florida man, this is the... Okay. Um, Headline. Can masculine marketing boost men's interest in vegan food? Yeah, they're going to try to make it look like eating eating vegan style is a masculine thing. Now, today we take a look at masculinity as in we're going out for a steak today, right? That's what we want. We want a big, juicy, bloody steak. That, well, okay, vegan diets... The story says, more suitable for women? Men seem to be left out. Or so that's what they think. Men might be less inclined to consume vegan food due to the need to perform, uh, well, what, to, to act like their gender. So University of Warburg, Stockholm University, they say, well, you know, we can go ahead and market vegan food in a masculine way. So men will want to eat vegan so they're going to give that a try. Now, I'm, 
I just spent a whole morning talking to you about failed predictions. I'm going to make a prediction that that in that that whole idea of advertising vegan foods as a masculine thing to get you away from eating steak and hamburger and so on is going to fail spectacularly because by God you want your steak and your ribs on the grill and a damn hamburger let's wake up Wyoming Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030, K2 Radio. All right, 936 the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Most of you heard this earlier this morning. I want the rest of you to hear this. Get it away from all of what I've been talking about. Just put that aside because, you know, failed predictions, interesting to go through. Fun. This is more fun. So sitting here in a radio studio, obviously, and when I'm not here, this just becomes a recording studio. Anybody can come in and just record whatever they want. Commercials, whatever. So we have a guy down the hallway here that I work with named Ian, who I am still mad at because my hometown of Sanibel Island was just about wiped off the planet by Hurricane Ian. I still blame him. Even though it's not directly his fault, but still, the name, you know, it's a trigger thing with me. Well, Ian was in the studio over the weekend, and he brought his son. His son wanted to hang out with Dad. So to have some fun while Ian was working here and his kids across the console, and the kid has a microphone in front of his face, just like Dad does. And Dad decides to turn on the microphone and interview his son. This is how that went. So today, we're talking about werewolves. What do you know about werewolves, Silas? Uh, because they have sharper teeth, and they're pretty big, and they're strong, and they're furry. Okay, he's got that right. Teeth, big, strong, furry. So I certainly describe what a werewolf is like. He's not wrong about that. Now, next up on this werewolf topic. They're furry. Um, are you afraid of werewolves, Silas? No. Okay, see, absolutely not afraid you think of werewolves. you could take one down? Yes. Okay, does he have a gun with a silver bullet? Does the kid know the rules for werewolves here? Gun, silver bullet. Don't bring garlic. That's a vampire thing. But, you know, there's certain rules for taking down silver bullets. And if you happen to watch any of the Underworld movies, then you know there's other ways to take down werewolves that are really high tech. So it can be fun, too. I I love those movies. But anyway, let's move on. Those werewolves. We're in the Halloween season, so. What about vampires? How do you feel about vampires? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing vampires about, don't scare you? No. No. Okay. That, see, now again, does he know the rules of vampires? Now, so, you know, I used to have a book. I got to go find it and buy it again because it, it got away from me over the years. It was a book called The Complete Vampire Companion Guide, all about vampires worldwide because every culture throughout history all over the world has had stories about vampires. And it's not always the same rules that you know here in, in, in America. And by the way, Hollywood does it wrong. The purpose of driving a stake through the heart of a vampire, it that doesn't make them dissolve like you see in the movies. 
the purpose of a stake through the heart, back when people really believed in vampires, is if you thought someone was a vampire, uh, dig up the grave, open it up, drive a stake through the heart and close the lid and put the dirt back on. That pins them in their coffin. They are pinned in their coffin. They can't get up. That's the point of a stake through the heart, to pin them. Again, Hollywood made it so they dissolve in an instant. That's not true. Sharp teeth? No. Okay. What are you afraid of, Silas? Nothing. Oh, wow. I like this kid. He's just not... Of course, he's young yet. He hasn't had time to build up any fear. Wait for it. Nothing at all? Yes. Okay. So, what brings you to the radio station today? Uh, for, for good and happy uh, I just stuff. want to be happy stuff, yeah. That's why you came here today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. What's your favorite part about being here? Working with you. Oh, that's Dad. sweet. I love yeah. working with you, too. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to tell the fine folks out there? Uh, yes. Go ahead. Because I really want something to get. Like an acting dragon, like dragons hatch out an egg, and they change their eyes. Okay, that's not really what I had in mind, but that's all the time we have left okay, today. Okay, so there's the end in the weekly. And so you know, uh, the next time I take a vacation, which I will at, at some point in the next couple of months or so here, we're seriously talking about having that kid on to Phil, because I figure he can do a four-hour talk show. And that would be, I mean, just picture that, four hours of that, and you get to call and talk to him about things like this, toy soldiers and vampires and werewolves, whatever else you want to talk about. Christmas will be upcoming. You'll be able to talk to him about that. And I'm sure it'll be a far more interesting talk show than you've gotten on a morning like this. Anyway, so yeah, I asked Ian when he played that for me, would you send me the audio of that? Because I wanted to play that for you guys on the air. I, kids got a career going. I'm saying. All right. 941, wake up, Wyoming. Oh. If it's happening in Wyoming, it's on Wake Up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Seven times, wake up, Wyoming. Now we're not there yet. At some point, I'll be able to use this sound effect to introduce Frank. This uh, Frank is the creaky coffin sound effect when we hit Halloween. I love it. Yeah, never used that one in a while. We've had quite a few over the time. Let me see. When you when you were in the closet. Oh, I know. It's right here in my home closet. Trevor <laughs> McGee and Molly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From when you were down the hall over there in the fish tank. Yes. The bubbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay. But now uh, we're back in the crypt at least for this month. Well, you're in the icebox yeah. right now. But I figure when we get really close to Halloween, what, what day does Halloween land on, by It'll the way? It'll be a Tuesday. A Tuesday. Okay, so we'll use that on a Tuesday just for Halloween. Okay. I think we should use it every... Make it, make it the whole month. Really? You, you, want, you want a whole month worth of... Okay. Yes. So we head on over to Frank Gambino in his crypt. <laughs> Maybe I can add some haunting sounds in there, some ghost sounds or whatever the hell. I'll see if I can work on that for you, Frank, okay. to make it sound even creepier. Okay. <clears throat> I one time was at a uh, coffee shop, and the young lady behind the counter was a friend of mine. And she 
let me know that uh, yeah, what a barista was. You know, my job, my profession, I'm called a barista. And then she showed me a barista action figure. You know, you can get an action figure for every profession. What? Yeah. <clears throat> a barista action, action figure. figure. Yes, yes. So it actually comes in a little box. And it t- yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It, okay. Don't take it out of the box. You oh, no, no, no. You devalue the thing. Yeah. I did find this one a joyless career action figure for the office worker. Yeah. Oh, this guy looks like he just wants to just hang himself. Mm-hmm. You know, so. But, but he hasn't missed a day in 25 years. There is, for those people who love the painter Bob Ross. Yeah. There's a Bob Ross action figure. Oh, it comes geez. with. A paintbrush? A paintbrush. He's got the little palette there and an easel with a painting on it. Oh. Uh, there's a Forrest Gump action figure. Mm-hmm. Depends on what age you want. Yeah. Him a shirtless in McCollum action figure. That's an actor, of course, here. Um, for people who like the Anchorman movies, a Ron Burgundy action figure. Uh, okay, yeah, I they're, guess they're, they're always uh, the ma- major league baseball yeah. teams are always giving away. Well, they're more like bobbleheads. I want a Bigfoot action figure, but pick a. Now I want to know. Let me see. Is there a McDonald? Let me try this here. Um, Mc- there, for McDonald's, is yeah, there Mc- a Mayor McCheese action figure? Okay. What about the Hamburglar? Yeah. Okay. Yes, there is a McDonald's employee action figure. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah, it comes with the little headset, the shirt that they have yeah, to wear. Yeah, yeah. And for some odd reason, this particular action figure is smiling. Maybe, I, I maybe it's supersized. Okay, let me see. Um, sports sports oh, it, anchor. It, it goes on and on and on. Okay, let's see. Sports anchor action figure. Well, they do have, okay, if you're the kind of sports, you know the guy who sits in front on on television when you're watching football that has the headset on? Yeah. Okay, one of those guys. And they have certain ones, uh, one's just a generic commentator. Mm -hmm. Others are some names you might know from that profession there. Okay. But I don't see anyone who is a radio announcer. Okay, let's try this. Radio people scare kids. Radio announcer... Radio announcer action figure. Yes, they exist. Oh, no. I might have to get one of these, Frank. They look None of these look anything like me. And again, they all look happy, but I don't understand that part. But anyway. Go for it. Everything's on Amazon. Wyoming Cowboy football team has this week off. Probably not a bad time for a bye week following that 34-27 defeat to Air Force on Saturday at the Academy in Colorado Springs for two games in a row now. The UW offense looked great in the first half and not so great in the second half. Cowboys managed just one touchdown in the second half of that Air Force game. Kicker John Hoyland, who normally has been money, Missed uh, two field goals in the game and then an extra point block. The Air Force offense just grinded out some long drives with their option running attack. They ran the ball to the tune of 356 yards on 53 carries. Last Falcon touchdown in the fourth quarter was a backbreaker as John Lee Eldridge went 58 yards to the house with just over two minutes to go. It's hard to contain those guys for the entire game. They always just seem to break one. Now, the Pokes are off this week, but they are 5-2 and two overall and 2-1 and one in Mountain West play. They'll be at Boise State a week from Saturday. College basketball, the Wyoming 
Southern Calgary was picked to finish third in the preseason Mountain West Conference poll. Douglas native Allison Fertig was named a preseason all-conference pick. She averaged 15 points and 8 rebounds per game last season as the Calgary's won 23 and 11. On the other side of the scale is the Wyoming Cowboys, and they were picked 11th out of 12 teams in the preseason poll. A ton of players left the program through the portal, and they were 9 and 22 last year. Juco Volleyball, the LCCC from Cheyenne, rated 17th in the country this week. They are 26 and 4. After a three sets, the number went over Gillette College their last time out. The Golden Eagles have won 10 in a row, and they'll be at Northwest DePaul on Friday. The Casper College Volleyball team has won 12 with 13. With a 3-2 win over Central Wyoming last time out, the T-Birds are 21 and 10, and they'll take on Western Wyoming from Rock Springs on Thursday. Wyoming Calgary Volleyball team 3-5 and five in Mountain West play and 14-5 and five overall after a road loss to New Mexico last week that a road win over Air Force. This week, the Calgary's will host Nevada on Thursday. They'll be at Fresno State on Saturday. And the Major League Baseball playoffs, Texas has the two games to none lead over Houston in the American League Championship Series with a 5-4 win yesterday. The Rangers winning both of those games on the road. Philadelphia beat Arizona last night 5-3 in Game 1 of the National League Championship Series and Game 2 will be tonight in Philly. That's it in sports. Okay. Well. No. So any of the, any other... Yes, pick a profession. Any profession that you want, Frank. And we can go ahead and do... Let's see. Wait. Convenience. Uh, let's try this one. Convenience store worker action figure. Okay. Let's see what this... Uh, yep. Here we go. There's a convenience store worker... Ag- and again, I don't understand because they, they're smiling. I don't understand. <laughs> because they just got there. I guess this so. It's none of the oh, end no, of the no, no. eight-hour shift. It's you know? time to go home. Yeah. Yeah, and they even have a price <laughs> scanner in their hand. Oh. Uh, let's say... Uh, let, let's do this one. Um, Walmart employee action figure. And... Here we go. Yeah. Pick a profession and type it in and somebody's made an action figure for it oh, of some kind. I, I, I'm afraid to type in certain professions. No, 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 I'm not going to do that. Especially the oldest profession. I was going there. <laughs> I'm glad that you said that instead of me, Frank, because that'd be really scary. The older, yeah, the oldest we'll, one. Yeah. yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. Thank you, Frank. It's Wake Up Wyoming.